Communication Renovation, a podcast for couples ready to have open and honest communication that connects you without butting heads or shutting down. I'm your host, Julia Woods, and I'm excited for you to join me for today's conversation. Welcome to part two of my podcast interview with Aaron and Jen that we did on Instagram. In this second part, we're working through the Q&A section where people were given the opportunity to ask questions. We covered questions like, how do you break those negative cycles that can last all day? How does being business owners impact your marriage? What surprises did you experience as you went through Marriage Thrive and Couples Coaching? We'll talk about how they address the laundry. So let's jump right in with the first question asked and listen to what they have to say. So Alicia said, how do you get out of a negative attitude cycle once it starts? The kind that stays all day. How do you get out of um, those kind of negative attitude cycles? I, I think the biggest thing for me is, and I'm very interested in getting out of it. Um, I think Jen is less interested, so this may be a better question for her. But what helps <laughs> me get her out of it is being investigating and being curious about what's what's really going on for her. And and even though like we'll get stuck stuck on these details, and I'm like, that's just blatantly false. So you want to push the blatantly false thing all day. I want to fight it all day. And so now I'm getting past that and being like, I'm just going to disregard the detail completely (laughs) and try to get like, find out what, what else could be true that I might not know about. And that, that's what helps me get past it. And seems to help Jen get past it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So curiosity, not making it about you, but recognizing something might be really going on for her that you don't realize that's powerful. And you don't know what you don't know, as Mm -hmm. you say a lot. Um, and that's, that's certainly true. I think the other thing that we've learned a lot about that you mentioned in one of our coaching calls is that like, usually the things that you're frustrated by in your spouse are adjacent or opposite to your, to why you're most attracted to them. And so like the things that annoy Aaron about me are kind of like also the reason that he was attracted to me to begin with. Like the things that have always frustrated or hurt me about Aaron, like for example, that he's like, a very strong communicator. When he says things, he says them like very bluntly. He's like a very strong leader, stronger than I am, which is difficult. (laughs) Um, Those are like the things that bother me the most about Aaron, but they're also like the reasons I'm most attracted to him and things that have like always annoyed Aaron about me. Like I can be messy. I leave the lids off things. I don't shut a cabinet door when I open it. It's kind of the other part to like me being a creative, you know, and me being kind of like in my own world, which is sometimes a great world, (laughs) but, you know, sometimes completely consuming. And so realizing that like the part of the the things about your spouse, if you can like almost find them endearing and help them remind you what you love about them, instead of just being an annoyance um, or frustration that just helps turn that, that around um, significantly. Love it. Okay. Elizabeth, ask in what ways has being business owners made marriage harder and how do you work through that it's probably made it better and worse in some ways i think for for us it hasn't made it worse because we don't fight about work um pretty much at all um but that's also probably because we don't work in each other business other businesses if we did that might change it yeah um but i think it it's great for us because we have camaraderie we work late, 
um, when in our busy seasons together on the couch next to each other. And it's not, one of us isn't pushing the other to stop. So it's, it's mm-hmm. been really great for us that yeah. may, may change in the future is one of us gets more busy than the other. But <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I will say though, there are unique challenges that come with both owning our businesses in that like neither of us have like the super tradition. We just talked about this in our call yesterday, but like neither of us have like a super traditional, I'm not like a traditional stay at home mom, you know, like I work full time. Like there are certain challenges that come with just like different roles and different seasons of life that are specific to being an entrepreneur. So I think navigating expectations is a big one that is, specific to entrepreneurship. Um, like, what do you expect? What does your exp- a spouse expect and, and expect in a partner? What, what ways are like, you showing up differently than their expectations? Having those like vulnerable conversations and working through those different roles and expectations are going to be huge, you know, if you're entrepreneurs like we are. Awesome. Okay. Our friend Michael Alsop wants to know, do you have a favorite child and should we not have a favorite child? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as long as the kids aren't around, you can talk about it, right? <laughs> kids are in bed. <laughs> I, I definitely have a favorite child, but I think it changes depending on what age they're at. Um, I my favorite child is the is the weakest one, the one that needs the most help. And our our middle child, Sophia, is just like she needs so much help. <laughs> <laughs> Does she help you engage the rescuer in yourself there? Aaron? Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Aaron, yeah. It's really funny. Sophia definitely has Aaron the most. Like, I mean, they all do. It's really hard to even pick one, but they're all amazing. <laughs> they're so good. Yeah. I don't think I have a favorite. I have like specific things about each of them that are my favorite at different times, but Mason, Mason, who's almost two is at like such a cute age right now. Like the, you know, 22 month age is just like, so cute that it's really hard not to just be very charmed by him at all times. So I think yeah, right now he would he's be good that, for any marriage. Yeah, you take one look at him and your soul gets all. Better. I know you're like, well, we did that. It can't be that bad. <laughs> so uh, Tony asked, uh, what was the biggest surprise about what you um, are learning? Um, I think for me, it was that you at no point have been like, well, this is right. And this is wrong. Like this is, you should not be saying this. You should say this instead. Like, um, Jen, like you're actually kind of wrong about how you thought about Aaron all this time or Aaron, you're wrong to say that to Jen. In fact, it's been like very much the opposite of that where like, I was kind of surprised cause I was expecting more like this is right. And this is wrong. Um, as a very black and white person. And often it was like, okay, I, which of these things is going to take you closer to like what you long for in your relationship, this or this, um, I want to, and like invite you into considering this differently and like, what would it look like? Or like, what might you do differently if this is the outcome that you're trying to create? Um, that was like one of the biggest surprises for me. And then I also think that just some of the smaller shifts, like one of the things we learned early on is kind of like everything that you're doing is taking you closer to like the kind of marriage you want, or it's taking you further away and taking you back to the marriage you don't want. And realizing like the little choices that we're making every moment, like whether I make Aaron's coffee in the morning or like whether I give him a kiss in the morning and say good morning, like whatever it is, I guess it's not all in the morning. I don't know why those were all morning examples, but (laughs) um, even just those small decisions are like taking you closer to what you want or they're putting you further away. And so like those micro decisions are just huge to create um, intimacy and to create the kind of marriage you want. 
I think for yeah. me, it was probably your and, and Jeff's relationship and how much personal accountability you specifically took in that relationship. Um, because that, that was surprising to me. I don't expect that in anybody. So when I see it, I'm like, okay, well, that's what I need to learn. Yeah. 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 Personal accountability, I think, was a, a big thing. It's like, okay, this all starts with me. And it wasn't like, it wasn't the kind of victimized personal accountability that I had been thinking like, oh, it's all up to me because Aaron's never going to change. Therefore, like, I have to do all the work. If I want something different, I'm just going to have to make it happen. I had that like very victimized, like, I guess I'll just have to pray and hope that God changes Aaron's heart someday. Um, instead of like, okay, no, no, no. I can take like very actionable steps that will bring about a different outcome. Um, yes. Well, a lot of people ask like, what, what is different between coaching and, and counseling? And from my experience, this is one of the biggest differences that you guys are talking about is because I can't coach you, you know, my job is to coach you into your vision for your marriage. And you'd be surprised. You might think, well, every couple has the same vision for their marriage. They want to get along. They want to look. No, every, when, when I have you start coaching with me, we start by what is the marriage that you long for? What's the vision of the marriage you want? And that's my job is to help you get there. No right or wrong for the marriage you want. That's what you want. That's why you fell in love with each other and not somebody else because you knew you could build that with each other. So my job is strictly to help you get to that marriage that you long for. And, and that makes it very different than um, anything Jeff and I had ever experienced in counseling because we had no barometer moment by moment in a conversation to decide. We kept looking for right or wrong. You know, we kept being like, well, let me go ask the counselor if this was the right thing or the wrong thing to say. But once we entered into coaching, we had a vision. Now that changed everything because now I could decide, well, is that taking me towards the vision I want or not? And I get to choose. Yeah. So that's very helpful distinction. Um, okay. So we have a question from Kyle and Alexa and they said, what have you learned that has made the most impact on your marriage? Which I think you kind of have talked about that, but if there's anything else coming up, um, definitely go ahead and answer that. Probably the like staying neutral thing. I think that hasn't really been mentioned yet that that is, it's so hard to be neutral in those moments, but that's the key. If there is one, as soon as you yeah. can, get to a place of being neutral, you can actually like care for the other person and hear what they have to say. So when someone yes. says like, Hey, it really hurt my feelings when you said this, instead of being like, what? Like, that's ridiculous. I didn't mean that. I meant blah, 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 you know, conversation over, like being neutral enough to be like, Oh, interesting. Okay. Like what, what about that was frustrating for you? Or like, what mm -hmm. about that was hurtful? being able to be neutral enough to ask the question to like investigate further and dig further in, which most people do not want to dig further into that conversation. They're just like done. So <laughs> in just like being super neutral and being like, ha, huh, I kind of want to know more about this, which in turn makes your spouse feel really cared for. But it takes that neutrality of like not feeling attacked, even if the other person is attacking, you know, even if they are attacking you. Um, and it's very clear that that's what they're trying to do. Being intentional about not feeling attacked, not drawing your sword, like you say, um, and being neutral, I think has been huge. And then the other thing that like impacted me so much early on was just a phrase you said in one of our coaching calls when you said, um, grace changes every vessel that it moves through. And 
Um, just the thought that like in extending grace to Aaron, I was changing. Um, and it wasn't just for Aaron's benefit. It was also for mine. That was really transformative to me, not just an Aaron in my marriage, but just really in any interaction with anyone that, that level of like any grace that you extend is never just going to be for the other person. It's also, um, for you, that was really helpful. So my new go-to line should be check the vessel. <laughs> check the vessel. <laughs> Love <Bye>. it. <laughs> See <ya>. <laughs> Out. <laughs> okay. I think Amanda Joy question is really great for what you guys are saying. I think you're already kind of answering it without realizing it. Um, and so her, t- her question is, while I'm very type A, I'm the first to admit I can't handle it all. So my question is, um, advice on hand- handling what your spouse saw as quote unquote normal growing up that maybe wasn't normal for her. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I saw the first part of your question that your husband's mom did everything for her family growing up and made it look easy. And that like, that's not me. Well, I mean, that's very true of us in our relationship and dynamic. And we actually just talked about this a little bit this week, but I think it goes down to a conversation about like expectations. Um, and what's the other word? Like when you, and assumptions, like this is an assumption that I've had, like, this is what a wife does, you know, like this, these are the things that should be on your plate should Mm-hmm. <laughs> Notice should. Um, these are things that a wife should do. These are things that a husband should do. And like, who decided that? You know, so yeah. having sitting down and having a conversation about like, hey, let's just evaluate the things that we have on our list and like talk through some of these things and see if we can better allocate. One of the things that we've recently done, um, like something that I consistently was not, (laughs) not feeling good about and was always felt behind and always kind of felt this sense of shame and frustration about was our laundry. Um, our laundry room was just like always a disaster. I was never caught up on it. I would have good intentions and I would get overwhelmed and it would get behind and, um, it wouldn't happen. Aaron, meanwhile, is very good at laundry and he has always done his own laundry. And finally, (laughs) finally, after like this being an issue and struggle and frustration in our marriage, since the beginning of our marriage, just like two months ago, I was like, Hey, what would you think about maybe taking over the kids laundry as part of your laundry? Just realizing that like no one had said that I needed to be the person that did all the laundry. Like why had we decided that needed to be the case? It didn't really make sense. And Aaron, thankfully, she didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> why did I think that I should do the laundry when I wasn't doing the laundry? Um, <laughs> And so, so in Aaron, to his credit, was like, yeah, I mean, that's, I can do that. And suddenly, like, that has ceased to be a problem. I just make the kids do it. Yeah, like, he has a, he has a better system. I would, like, think I needed to do it all. He, like, has the kids sort it all, put it away. And it was like, oh, we just needed to sit down and have a conversation about, like, who was doing what and why and then allocate those responsibilities differently. But I think it's worth just having the conversation. And chances are your husband is, like, going to be more, you know, willing to talk about it than you think. I also think like the whole normal thing is just very dangerous. Like in, in, in some of our weaker moments, that might've been something that said is like, that guy does that your brothers do that. And honestly, that's just damaging. It, it, it makes it really hard to move past it. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Well, and it's powerful because, you know, when it's normal, it's because it's comparison. So comparison is the thief of joy. And so the beauty of it, I love it when a couple comes up to that in a relationship because 
it's really not about what they think it is. Um, it, it really goes much further back in their life. And so it's a beautiful discovery. If you can learn to hold a space and be neutral with each other and curious, um, you'll find it goes way deeper. And it's, it's usually a healing um, or a place of shame uh, that wants to be exposed so it can be healed. That's really underneath those kind of things. So that's the beauty of the conflict in a marriage. It's never really, uh, it, it's con the conflict is about fighting for life, fighting for freedom, fighting for healing. Uh, but if we don't know how to fight for the marriage and for each other, we wind up just fighting for our pain and suffering and staying in it. And so you guys are learning three months in that there is really no conflict that there isn't some deeper beauty that you had no idea was hidden in there if you can learn to fight for each other. Would you say that's accurate for you guys? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, you mentioned one time, what if we're together because like we are the ones uniquely designed to help each other heal? You know, like what if, if that's one of the reasons why we're together? And I think that's such a powerful thing in marriage. It's like you may be with the person you're with because you guys are uniquely designed to bring out the best in each other, to sort out the things that you wouldn't otherwise that are going to uniquely complement each other's strengths and then help heal each other's weaknesses. And that that is incredibly powerful if you can just get to that point. Yes. Yes. Okay. Last question. And that is, what is the best piece of wisdom? I love this. This is from... Um, this is from a couple I get to just start working with. So Kristen, uh, what advice or encouragement would you offer to a couple who just started, is just starting marriage coaching? So they just signed up this week and they're asking you, what advice would you give them as they get started working with me? Just take it really seriously. Do all the work. All the assignments are worthwhile. And even if they don't seem um, like they are at first, if you get through it, you'll be glad you did. At least we were. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think like use it as a place to to unite together, you know, like use it as like make it a date night working on the stuff together, like make a cocktail, open a glass of wine, whatever it is, like make it something that's a uniting thing and not like, a oh, we have to just like get through this. Like this is this is part of the work we're getting to do. It's like, no, no, no. This is something that we get to do together. That's strengthening us like that's good for us that we can like bite into and use it as like common ground um, to build a new foundation on. Yes. Yeah. It's really like anything. I mean, I, I get to see hundreds of couples walking through this process and the ones who fully give themselves to it, the, the results they get are mind blowing. And those that kind of gesture at it, it, it's a slow process, but you know, they get there. It's just a lot slower and it seems like a lot more suffering because you guys are getting results pretty quickly and that's exciting. It's rewarding right away. And it encourages you to keep doing the work. But when, uh, and Jeff and I have done this before in counseling or different things, we just kind of gestured at it and, Oh, it just created so much more suffering in the process of trying to grow. So I love that. Um, we have more questions coming in. Are you guys open to a few more? Yeah, I think, Erin, if you're comfortable with it, you should answer this question from Jamie about what it's been like working with a female coach, because I know that's something you actually did kind of have some question marks about. I didn't have any like, reservations about working just with a female like, coach. Not right? female, yeah. but like just in general. I definitely had reservations about, you know, seeing a counselor just because I, I thought that, um, well, we did see a counselor a couple of years ago and it was, 
it wasn't complete psychobabble, but it was as close as you could get. Um, that like the first question was like, "What? What did your dad do to make you the way you are?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, well, that wasn't really the question, but that what it was like. Let's unpack your childhood, and we we're like, "Okay." <laughs> like, That's childhood was great. <laughs> Don't so, go there. <laughs> you, you know, who knows? Like, maybe that would have been a very valuable experience if we'd been in a place where we, like, really felt like we could be vulnerable in that situation. But it did kind of leave this bad plate taste in our mouths. It was like, oh, if that's counseling. Like, that's not that's not what's going to help us. And then we just kind of assumed that all counseling was like that. I also think I just want to, like, say this briefly. I think there's such a stigma about marriage counseling, marriage coaching, marriage anything, because it's seen as like the last resort before divorce. And like, you shouldn't get marriage counseling, marriage training, marriage coaching, whatever it is, until like, that's your only option. Um, And so I think that it's just so important to begin to destigmatize that, like, you wouldn't wait till you're about to die before going to the gym, you know, like, why would you wait to strengthen muscles that you have the entirety of your marriage? um, before it's too late. And I feel like we almost waited to like, we felt hopeless. And if we'd started this five years ago, six years ago, how, if we'd been willing to, you know, I think we would have saved so much pain and suffering if we'd grown these muscles before. So I just wish that we had not had in our mind, like or not built the bad muscles. Yeah. Or not built bad muscles, built bad habits. I wish we had just realized like, this is a first step, you know, like let's get really strong. And these things, it's not a last step powerful. Um, Aaron, I've never asked this before. I've made up a story um, because I do experience that uh, men, my experience doesn't mean it's true, uh, is that men do have a harder time deciding to, ch- to choose to do, co- to do coaching. And I've made up that because I am female, that there might be a confirmation bias that, well, she's female, my wife's female, they're going to gang up on me together. Did you ever think that or fear that or, or wonder if that might be the case? I don't think because you were female, I definitely worried about that just because I, I know Jen's going to say more than I'm going to say. So it's really easy. You know, the speaker always gets more points across. So <laughs> that, that was definitely a concern of mine. And that definitely has not been the case at all. Like, I, I feel like, um, if, if anything, you, you definitely understand where I'm coming from surprisingly a lot. And maybe that's because I think you alluded to the other day, like you and Jen have similar personalities. So maybe that helps too, but. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause I have a lot of women, um, who will tell me like, they don't know how, how this happens, but their husband talks way more on coaching calls than what he ever had talked, especially, you know, in counseling sessions. And so, um, yeah, if you want to speak to that, just like, is there, do you feel that you're able to open up more than you imagined you would have, um, on the coaching calls? Yeah, for sure. Well, for me, it's like, it's probably somewhat a little bit of an ego thing too. It's like, if we're going to do this, it's not going to be you leading the way. We're, you know, I'm going to be like a little step ahead here and there. <laughs> that was the most Aaron Olmstead comment. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, one last question here is what can you do for your parents whose marriage is imploding, but refuses to get help? They also do not believe divorce is an option. Um, if that's one, you guys feel something coming up for you, happy to let you take it. If you're not really, if nothing's coming up for you, I'm happy to speak into that. 
I don't know. I think that you probably have something that's maybe more insightful to share. So go for it. Well, I think, and you guys might be able to speak to what this question did for you in the very beginning on our first call when you were deciding if you wanted to do coaching. Um, You know, it's really powerful just to consider the relationship a couple has is the relationship they want. And when they want something different, they'll choose to get something different, right? As humans, we have what we want. So if your parents' marriage is imploding or if your friend's marriage is imploding, what if you just sat back in love and neutrality and said, you know what? What if that's actually what they want? Because if you look through their life, they're probably very powerful people who what they've wanted, they found a way to get it. And the marriage we want is possible when we get passionate enough about getting it. Uh, But when I know for Jeff and I, when our marriage was imploding, there was a lot we got out of it, out of the experience of it imploding. Like I got to be very self-righteous. I got to feel like I was, you know, the innocent little one who was um, being treated so poorly. I got to tell all my friends how terrible my husband was. You know, he got to be right about feeling like women were controlling once again in his life. Right. So as humans, Our need to be right, our love of being right is so powerful. It will actually drive us to live in a miserable marriage. It will drive us to destroy our business and to file bankruptcy because we we literally spend our time wanting to be right more than we're willing to go through the discomfort of change. And so no bad on your parents. My, My invitation to you is to love them where they're at and just pray that the pain gets so bad that they decide they want something better than what they have right now. Yeah, I mean, people can only change themselves, that's for sure. You can like plant seeds. I'm really glad we didn't answer that question because that was excellent. (laughs) 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 I'm really sorry for all the questions that we answered throughout this conversation. (laughs) Just kidding, I'm sorry for the questions I answered. Aaron was great. (laughs) Awesome, well, you guys, Wow. You have just um, opened your hearts and shared so, um, so powerfully, so vulnerably. Uh, I think it resonated with a lot of people. The hearts were um, uh, exploding from the right corner through the whole conversation. So um, one, thank you guys for giving me the honor of letting me walk with you and watching the two of you so beautifully fight for Uh, this love that is gorgeous that the two of you have and you want to make it even more beautiful. So thank you first for that. And thank you so much for what you've shared. I really appreciate both of you. Appreciate you too. Thanks for all the work you put into us and and off your course and everything else. Yeah, definitely feel like we wouldn't be here the way we are right now without you and the resources. And it's interesting to see how much your story is changing other stories. So thank you so much for being willing to walk through that and for sharing with us and everyone else. Absolutely. See you guys soon. Thanks so much. Have a good night. See you next time. If you are a couple who wants a proven system to renovate your communication so you can start working through conflict and making united decisions that will help you stop wasting time tiptoeing around difficult topics, head over to Instagram and find me at beautiful underscore outcome. In my bio, you can access my free training so you can start connecting with your spouse right away.